0: SUSS Podcast presents Future Social No one can tell the future, that's a fact. No one can predict how society will change, and that's also correct. But what's also true is that you can prepare for it. And that's why we're learning as much as we can about ourselves and our social conditions, how human behaviors and societies work, and how they affect our lives on the social, cultural and economic fronts. The things that we learn will help to improve processes and inform policies. So join us as we uncover impactful solutions for the greater good. Welcome to the SUSS series of podcasts, Future Social.
1: Hi, I'm Haminder Singh and welcome to the podcast. It's a pretty cliched statement. But online learning has indeed become the new normal. I remember when the pandemic first hit and my 2-year-old began taking online lessons for half an hour each day. Boy, was that a struggle. Yet, many of my friends prefer online learning because it saves them travelling time and provides the flexibility of learning at their own pace. I've also seen the elderly struggle with online learning until they turn around and fully embrace the experience of learning from a computer. Once they overcame the technical issues of learning how to log into Zoom and using breakout rooms, they told me that they appreciated the online learning experience. This allowed them to save on course fees and avoid mobility issues when travelling to classes. This variety of experiences led me to wonder, is online learning something we have to just live with, or is it an environment in which we can thrive? That is why I'm really glad to have Associate Professor Gabriel Gervais with us today to share his insights on this question. Gabriel is a head of program at the SUSS Online Learning Unit. Thanks for joining us, Gabriel. Good morning. Hi. So, Gabriel, before we go into the question that I've just asked about how we can thrive in an online learning environment, I'm keen to ask if we can have a basic understanding of online learning. Could you share with us a little bit more? Yes,
2: I think that the common man understands online learning as learning through the internet, either through surfing for YouTube videos or Coursera and so on and so forth. From the academic standpoint, online learning normally refers to something that is structured. So there will be course material available online, there will be possibly online lectures that are delivered either synchronously, meaning live, or asynchronously, meaning that they are going to be listened to and watched later on by the students. And that's pretty much what is the main difference, but there's a lot of overlap therefore between the common men's understanding of online learning and what we understand of online learning at the university.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So one's real time and one can be broadcast later on. That's correct. Kind yeah. of like webcast sessions when pretty I Pretty much, use, yeah, pretty right? much. Yeah. That's okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. And it's very different for someone like me who's gone through a typical education system because mm. I attended school with a teacher in class. Right, and I had to sit in class, and the teacher downloads information to me, of course through maybe sometimes a facilitated approach. But while I'm there in body, I may not be there in mind, and I have the freedom to actually doodle on my paper when the teacher's thinking I'm taking notes. So if I'm thinking now, reflecting back, and if I were to rewind the wheel, if this was converted into an online learning class instead. Would I have done better in this environment? I think that the debate is still out there regarding whether or not people who are learning
2: online are doing as good as or better or worse than those who are learning face to face. But uh, there is a research or body of research that led to this expression called no significant difference. Basically, the research says that people who are learning online are performing as academically as those who don't. And that's something which has been going on and been stated and repeated and triangulated by additional research many times over. So the debate about, am I going to do as well online as I'm doing uh, face-to-face, the answer is yes. Of course, there are other factors that may make you a better learner online. But in terms of everything else being equal, what we say in Latin, ceteris paribus, then obviously, yes, you should be doing as well online as you do. face to Right, right.
1: And so back to my question, because when I started this podcast, I asked this question about how can we thrive? Is online learning something we just have to live with in today's world? Or what are some of the attitudes or mindsets I should be having if I really wanted to thrive in this environment? I think that the rule number one here is that
2: there's this big mystery that you have to be special to be an online learner. The answer is yes. I think that there are some traits that are useful to have if you want to thrive as an online learner. At the same time, I think that a good student is a good student regardless of the learning environment. For instance, I think that what is crucial to an online learner to thrive is this willingness, first of all, to take ownership for their learning. I think that if you take ownership of your learning, the learning environment, of course, will have an impact, but it will be lessened. If you are going to be someone who is able to be self-directed So if you're a self-directed learner, meaning that you're willing to not only take ownership, but also go beyond the call or the set material provided to you. If you take initiative and start to look into maybe additional videos that you can find online, in addition to what is the course material provided to you in
1: the course context, you should be doing very well. Mm, Okay. So what you're saying is that if I were a good student in class in a face-to-face format, Mm. if I retain the same mindset of taking ownership and being self-directed, I should actually perform as well in an online learning environment. That's. I think
2: that self-motivation is extremely important. Mm. Some people believe very much that the environment prevents some students from thriving. I think that, yes, there are some barriers to overcome and some challenges to face. But at the end of the day, I think that the core
1: qualities of a good student remain regardless of the learning environment. Yeah. And this is just my personal curiosity probing this. What is your perspective of the age group that's involved in the online learning environment and that impact on the person's performance. Because like in a class that I attended recently, right, where I'm a learner with different learners of different age groups, it could range from 20s all the way to the 60s. And what I realized was for those who are in their 60s, though they may be very experienced and may be able to grasp information a lot quicker because of their experience, the initial barrier, because they didn't know how to operate Zoom firstly, And secondly, in breakout rooms, how do you share screen? How do you rename yourself? Like these things were impediments for their performance in class. At the end of the day, the grade is given because of the amount of material that a learner absorbs. So would you say that age has an impact on being able to thrive in an online learning environment? So my reply actually will include
2: my own experience. First of all, you need to understand that I've been involved in online learning for a number of years. First, because of my academic qualification, but also because of the fact that I was transferred to the online learning unit when I was about 55, 56 so this excuse of, oh, I'm too old, therefore I can't adapt to new technology is something which I don't buy. Having said that, to be fair, that's because the professional requirements kind of like imply that I have to be open to change. Yeah. Having said that, we know that a number of people in my profession, academics, are not necessarily open to technologies and therefore they kind of delegate the work that relates to technology to their administrative staff. So yes, yes, there is a challenge. And I think that there's definitely a difficulty for people who are older to first adapt to the new technology and of course to eventually at least master the basics. Having said that, I think that once they have an open mind toward change, I think that the challenge should be easy to overcome because there's so many people and also so much material on how to do this, how to do that online, that as long as a person is able to use the internet and do some Google search, the
1: challenge disappeared. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that as long as the person, no matter what the age is, is embracing change yep, exactly, right, as a yep. mindset, yep. he or she should be able to overcome this issue with little resistance, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, it's a and mindset. Then, And if I could turn the table now to the teacher or Mm. the instructor, how important is this mindset of embracing change to creating content in the classroom? Because when COVID hit, there was really little time, I think like two weeks, less less than a month, right? Yes, Yes, that's right. To convert all classes to an online environment. And so then the pressure is intense on teachers as well. And many instructors, as I know, would fit the age range of about 40 and above. Would that mindset of embracing change in terms of technology also be important for for the instructor?
2: I think that uh, the answer is obviously yes. Just to maybe clarify a bit the age group of the academics, at SUSS we have academics who are as young as 28 Wow! and as more mature as 65, <laughs> say 67 and so on and so forth. That's we are, really not, nice uh, we are quite inclusive in that sense. Having said that, I think that the main point here is that when the instructors part-time or full-time were kind of told that, hey, we're going to move everything from face-to-face, in the classroom environment to online the unit to which i belong and where i work the online learning unit actually was tasked therefore to train the entirety of the full-time and part-time faculty for delivering new classes and of course online completely i think the good news about this is that we kind of isolated and i think they understood this very quickly that teaching online is not that different from teaching face to face in an online environment you have to move away from being a sage on the stage to being more like a video cast host. Right. The reason is that you don't see the faces of the students and therefore you can't really get visual cues and the lack of visual cues uh, creates some sort of a void in the mind of the instructors. Am I being understood? Are the students engaged? Do they want to participate? Are they interested? All these questions actually uh, cannot be answered, at least not without the visual cue. So you have to find different techniques to test and to assess whether or not the students
1: are engaged. Right. That sounds like a matter of embracing change as well. Because you need to put a lot of energy into trying new things, experimenting and then reflecting and learning from those things, right? To see what ticks. That's correct. That's right. We actually did look at the aftermath of the training and
2: how the instructors carried themselves as they were delivering their first and second and third online seminars and classes. We realized actually the instructors did very well and very quickly because they grabbed the idea, okay, now I'm not going to be perfect, but very quickly I will know what works and what doesn't work. We gave them some techniques to remember and to tackle, one of which, of course, is the one that I've professed many times, is the teach-engage-teach, which is basically the technique by which you do not deliver something for more than as a one-way delivery instructor to students, you don't deliver something more than two minutes. And then after that, you have to have an engagement with the students, a questions, an activity, a discussion, asking the students to provide an example of what you just explained, for instance, and things like this. And the other one, which is very important as well, because it's based on technology, is one of the things that the instructors rely a lot in the classroom environment face-to-face is the fact that they can break out the class into small groups, and then they send them for discussion and prepare something to answer a question given to each of the small groups. And then, of course, they go into an online environment and say, hey, I'm losing this. And then, of course, they are concerned. Now, the technology we use at SUSS called Zoom, which is very popular, has this particular feature called the breakout rooms. And the breakout rooms allow exactly that, allows people to be basically broken up into small groups and they are asked to prepare. And basically, they can replicate this kind of small group work in an online drama. Okay.
1: And on that note of having things face-to-face, we still very much miss going back to campus and meeting our friends. Yes. And now COVID restrictions have started to ease. We've seen that trend in Singapore, at least. Yes. And if this continues, I would think that a hybrid learning format, which includes both online learning as well as face-to-face classes, will be sort of a mainstay in years to come. This is my personal opinion. In your opinion, if this were to happen, how would we be able to thrive in a hybrid learning environment? I think that COVID-19
2: has done something fantastic for online learning. It has made this particular mode of delivery legitimate. Something which was... Kind of an undertone some people say online learning is growing across the world and people are embracing it but then again there was this belief that online learning is somewhat inferior to -to face-to-face so of course more and more institutions now are accepting the fact that online learning is maybe a component of the same course delivery so it kind of complements a face-to-face delivery so the same course would have for instance three sessions online and three sessions face to face. That's, in my view, what's going to happen. Previously, prior to COVID 19, the online portion of it was more like a complement or a supplement to the actual content of the course and the delivery of the course itself. So it was not seen as a mainstay. But I think that what you mentioned earlier, in my view, I agree, will become something legitimate. A course will be split into face to face and online because people see the benefit of online learning, both from the point of view of pure learning in a comfortable environment the fact that logistically speaking for the students as well as for the instructors they don't have to travel and commute and I think that this is a big
1: plus for many students and instructors yeah yeah, it's nice to know that we can leverage on both technology of online learning as yeah. well as still appreciate right the physical interactions that we as humans value mm-hmm. yeah And just back to this concept of online learning because like you mentioned before there are still challenges and there is much potential that we can tap into. In the higher education landscape how do you think online learning is shaping this sphere? I think the higher learning landscape and this is something which we've seen before COVID and
2: that will probably continue. I think that Online learning as a purely online learning course, it tends to be more suitable for people who are working adults, right? because of the fact that they don't have to commit to a particular place when they learn. So I think that this online learning part of it is very suitable, for instance, for postgraduate courses and programs. Not to say it's not suitable for undergraduate, it still is, because we at SUSS, for instance, target largely working adults, and therefore this online learning delivery is actually very suitable for their needs. But what I'm trying to say is that in most academic institutions, they have full-time students who can come to class and their, their entire life is dedicated to studying. But for the working adults, of course, they have many different balls to juggle with and obviously in that case they have to find ways to economize or save on time and of course not having to be at a specific place at a specific time right uh, saves them a lot of time as well
1: yeah i guess at suss because we also promote lifelong learning and yes. that's becoming a trend in society mm-hmm. it's important to adapt to the needs of the society and the working styles and working lives That's of right. adults. That's right. right. In our That's case, right. most of them being working adults. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, our part-time courses. So I'm glad to know that online learning can potentially be leveraged on to promote learning at this age group. So Suss has also taken steps to support online learning efforts. What can you tell us about the university's online learning unit?
2: The university online learning unit. There's an acronym that we use internally for it. It's called OLE has been created and set up in 2016, and I joined the unit in 2017. The purpose of me joining this unit was to convert a number of online courses for online delivery. It started to target a specific program within the School of Business called the Bachelor of Science in Business, a program that was basically converted for online delivery. So we went course by course, and every semester we were adding more and more new courses or new versions of the same course being delivered online Uh, to the point whereby eventually we had the entire program ready for full online delivery. We have also added other uh, programs since then, logistics and supply chain management, as well as analytics, which are two other programs that are quite popular and very popular also among the working adults population. The online learning unit is also supported by what we call learning development specialists who are helping us to convert what is meant to be a face-to-face course and its material for online delivery so that in the end, there's less dependence on having an instructor guiding us throughout the entire learning process. So there's a bit of learning independence that is uh, built into those courses as they are designed by the learning development specialists. And of course, we are supported by a very effective and very helpful admin team.
1: That sounds like a lot of work you guys are doing. <laughs> yes, we are working hard. That's for sure. We earn our keep. That's for sure. Yes. And I'm sure COVID has made it a lot more exciting for you guys as well. As some HR people would say, we are gainfully employed. Oh, that's very nice to hear. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Gabriel, for sharing and for answering my question about how we can thrive in an online learning environment. I think from this conversation, I've really appreciated a few key takeaways that I've had on my own. The first one being that thriving in an online environment requires an attitude actually that's not very different from a face-to-face session. The key is the attitude like you mentioned, taking ownership and embracing change in technology especially. The second part is about appreciating. Today's session has made me appreciate that designing an effective online class is not only about just converting content and switching on Zoom. It's a lot more than that. It's about the teach, engage teach method that you've applied which is about maximizing the engagement of learners through active participation in the class it feels like while challenges exist there's still much untapped potential in the online learning sphere that i see possibilities in especially in terms of harnessing these tools not only to strengthen online learning but also the synergy between online learning as well as the hybrid learning environment so thank you so much for your time thank you for having me yeah and take care
0: You've been listening to Future Social, an SUSS series of podcasts. To find more episodes, visit suss.edu.sg slash podcast.